Hey, Casper, can we get two Toastbuster specials here, please? My hand's going through the... Go way. easy on the ghost peppers. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Toasting design. Shaka shake and market work. When you're undertaking a design and you... When taking design, you, you, you're trying to come up with yourself for a problem. And I, you're always having these issues with, oh, can I do this or should I do this or should I do that? Yeah. I'm very often finding it where people are trying to... The, the old adage, reinvent the wheel. Yes. Uh, and, and there are some of these sort of things where, you know, a person wants to tackle this problem and you just say to them, no, don't bother. Mm. That, that, that's not going to go anywhere. Um, I'd like to talk about some of those topics. Some of the, those kind of systems, whether how we identify, how we know they're not going to be anything different. Yeah. Um, so let's maybe start with um, staplers. Staplers, yeah. So if we, we consider a stapler, the basic function is, you know, you've got those uh, sort of C-shaped pieces of metal. Yes. Shear comes down, pushes through. That pushes through against another plate at the bottom. Ideally, there's now something between those two pieces. Yeah. Those pieces are bound or joined or whatever we came up with that last time as to what a stapler does. In, in terms of that basic essence... A new introduction material, carbon nanotubes, uh, what's that new material? That, well, it doesn't matter. Um, that sort of stuff isn't going to change fundamentally what that is. No. You are not going to necessarily be able to come up with a system where this is the new way to bind, yeah. per se. Because A, stationary shops are already still and will for a long time be making those C-shaped channels. Mm. Um, your offices all stock that stuff. They stock standard staples. People are used to it. And that's right. And and the world, you know, for all the, you know, let's go paperless, mm. <clears throat> it's not practical. Exactly. And, and that, that's half of it. So it's an element of what, when we're looking at these sort of things, practicality, but also perception. People's perception mm. as to what they think is right and what's wrong. You design a new airliner mm. that is something completely obtuse looking. It's asymmetrical. Yeah. And then you have a standard Boeing on the side of it. People, mm. other than a 737, people are going to want to get into it because they think, well, mm. that, that's safer. That yeah. My perception is, regardless of their level of understanding. So going that route necessarily of trying to, that you maybe it's not, you shouldn't do it, but you're going to have a harder time doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if we sort of try and keep with the staple thing, staple, um, yeah. well, you can't really make it out of anything other than steel. Exactly. Aluminium is just too soft. And yep. anything else, uh, titanium, etc., is just a ridiculous waste of money for exactly. what it is. Yeah. Um, it has to be a material which is strong, like yep. ductile and easily plastic, you know, plastic deformation. And it's also something which you can kind of coat, like most staples have got the thin layer of plastic on it to stop yes. them rusting yep. in, a, in a New York minute. Um, why can't they be smaller? I mean, you can get smaller. But the idea, the fundamentals in terms of the mechanism by which you... Yeah, so why are staples, standard, I think they're number 56 staples, which is what everyone uses, mm. how come that's the right size? Ooh. Because, I, mean, I mean, those staples are perfect for stapling two pages together, and yeah. you can probably take them all the way up to maybe 20, yeah. 20 pages. Other maybe that, you're really hitting down on that staple because yeah. you try to punch through all that paper. So why would that be the most popular size in the world and I mean we're not talking about just the dimensions of the C but there's mm. actually the thickness of the wire in two dimensions yes um, so if you look at the staple from the side it's a little square cross section those sizes were designed by somebody 
Yeah. So how, how much could we realistically, ch- number one, why are they that size? Legal documents, something like that, that happens to be... I think it's probably that that's the most popular something. range of documents which yes. require staples. So yeah. that over time, that has evolved as the most successful design. Yeah. They're strong enough that they won't bend and buckle for a 20-page you know, divorce proceedings or whatever. And I can't see that changing either anytime soon. No, and that's certainly not going to become paperless. No. Um, student assignments. Well, there's the, the, you know, submit it online, get it marked online, get it returned online. But there's also stuff which has to be, you know, submitted. Yeah. Um, And where they're in a tut or something of the sort there. And and I mean, in your tut, right, staple your stuff together because, you know, the tutor doesn't need to lose order. Yes. It's the most effective way of binding. And also, if you were to keep a stash of paper clips, which can also do the same thing. Number one, paper clips can easily just be removed. That's the whole point. Whereas a staple is a permanent thing, but you can remove it without super damaging the document. Um, But you couldn't actually make them a different shape. A C is the simplest shape that works. Yeah. Because it captures the document with the fewest number of parts. And you might find, if you actually look back to when staplers are first being introduced, you might have some of the more obtuse shapes and sizes and yeah. things like that as things going but now we've found it we, we found the shape that works it, it's it's a set enough technology yes and i mean the only the only real variations there are is obviously there's that sort of heavy duty staple which is just you know used less frequently yeah and but invariably for the most part it's just the same thing but bigger it is the same it's thing a, it's that's scaled scale. up it's, yeah it's it's the same mechanism so you might tell yourself i'm going to make a smaller stapler don't kid yourself, you, you, A, that they exist, and B, you're not necessarily going to be, when you, when you pursue that, and you start looking at your options, what way can we crimp metal uh, or bend metal around? What way can we share it so mm. that we, we break off the next bit? Um, you fund, you're going to end up with a stapler. Yeah, and you're not really going to improve it because it is currently as perfect as perfect goes exactly um the only thing you might be able to change is the sort of co- compactness of the, of the stapler yes um and how you apply a, a lower force to do the same job um how you could do the thing without needing to use your hands to do it those are the only things you're really going to be able to change so then it comes back as always to the problem yeah if you've decided that you're trying to come up with what, what you're thinking is the problem and you said the problem is we need a new kind of step or the, the staplers don't work well anymore mm you won't fix that. That that is not solvable because you're still coming out with a stapler at the end of the day. But if you're saying staplers are not easily handled by those that have um, muscle issues or some kind of disability, Mm. okay, now that is something you can solve in a different and unique way. Yes. That's something there. But that reinvention completely of the stapler in in its fundamental sense, that's that's not going to happen. That's right. And the thing is, the beauty about, uh, you know, using a stapler is that it's, equally easy for right and left-handed people whereas for um, I mean the actual writing is maybe not as simple for left-handed as as it is for right-handed because of the direction of normal writing yes and scissors because of the operation of the blades um, the shearing action for left-handed people needs to be reversed yes so be able to number one see what you're doing (laughs) because the cutting thing is on the wrong side um, using your hand and and the forces are not the you have to hold them in a really horrible way yeah yeah Okay, so let's look at a, a different example then. Uh, let's say, and it, it's one I, I sort of, I always worry about every time a student comes to me, a new kind of vehicle. And it's why cars have four wheels. 
And I know there are one or two cars that have the three wheels. Yes. And I mean, I think it's clear to see why they don't. Um, but then why, you know, when you're saying, saying oh, I'm going to reinvent the car, mm. I'm going to, I'm going to go for a six wheel system. Yeah. And we're not, we're not, we're not talking about military vehicles because. I mean, so you're just talking standard, standard, standard you're driving around cars. the city, hatchback style. Yes. Four person carrier. Um, why four wheels? Uh, well, I think the question here is why not more than four? Exactly. Um, okay, so... Well, uh, yeah, because we can answer the question why not less. Less you get instability issues. Okay, so I mean, the going for more wheels could be, uh, you know, with, with potholes and things like that, if you damage one, if you have six wheels, you can just keep driving. Okay, yeah, no, yeah there's so, advantages in that, certainly. Um, but if... Is there a... a, a I mean... Is there a reduction in, in rolling friction? No, certainly. If anything no. goes up, um, your fuel efficiency is Reduction in cost? No. No, your car is also heavier now. Fuel efficiency. Your car is heavier. I mean, okay, you could have another set of wheels that don't uh, put power onto the road and they also don't break. But oh. then why have them? Yeah, no, well, I mean... It's and unless you're designing a super lightweight chassis, which is not stiff enough to be supported, in which case a kind of flexible type car... Yeah, okay. I mean, you'd have to really motivate why you need to go significantly lighter than they yes. currently are. Um, it's not like manufacturers go, you know what, I don't care about mass. Make the Ford Fiesta 20 tons. That's true. If, if mass was truly an issue for automobiles, they would have really focused on the lightweight car. But Well, it's why your cars are aluminium and not steel, for, for the most part. Yes. Um, Right, so actually they are steel, but it's why they're not sort of titanium or. You know, yeah, no one makes car, you know, no one makes cheap cars out of carbon fiber to try and save weight because it's not something worth chasing. Exactly. Um, all right, so with a six wheel thing, um, what about the difficulties of getting wheel alignment correct? Yeah, that's more expense, more tricky to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, what about steering? Well. You've, you've okay, now, I mean, on the steering, I mean, you're going to have to have steering on the on the, the second set of wheels, regardless of where they are. Yeah, pretty much, unless you. Otherwise, somehow, you're just going to scrape scrape the wheels around, or you pick them up while you turn. Or yeah, you'd, you'd have, have to pick them up, horrific. or you'd have to. It, it, basically, fundamentally, what it keeps coming down to is when we're looking at now optimizing our design in the end. Yeah, our design is going to keep coming to right. We need to reduce weight. Well, we can get rid of those two wheels, yes. or that one wheel if we've got a five wheel system for whatever choose mm. reason. Um, we're not talking here in the sense of that there's that uh, like old scene you know, every now and then where it's a car that goes to parallel park you park half and drops a back wheel that's perpendicular oh yeah yeah lifts itself up and goes and, and shifts across that that we're not talking about there that is a parallel parking system that's a parking assist as opposed to a, a something for driving uh, your, your standard prim primary mode of transportation mode of relocation but you're going to always be coming back to the point of I don't actually need it. I don't actually need those extra two wheels. That's right. And the other thing is those extra wheels are extra loads. Yeah. Um, so th there aren't any good reasons for having it apart from the, if you're in a war zone and now we're going into the military side of things or in the like crazy off-road sense, damage. Exactly. This allows you to yeah. carry on regardless because your spare wheel is already on deployed. The yeah. 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 Uh, and I think that that's sort of the case is none of the times here are we immediately saying as a, I mean, we've got a gut feel as to roughly that we're probably going to end up saying four wheels are necessary. You shouldn't be going more, but we're not immediately saying, yes, no, it is. Yeah. And running ahead with it. We do still question it. Okay. So we've, we've hammered six, uh, 
How about we hammer three now? So why is I, three I, not? The I'd right actually number? go even like further down to two, because if you've installed a, a sort of gyroscopic flywheel horizontally in your car, yeah. it would prevent it from toppling. Yes. You, you, I mean, you get those sort of um, two-wheeled systems that well, one or two people, but you, you sit in it and it, it can keep itself vertical. Yeah, or, or you, I mean, a, a, a gyroscope is a, is a nice thing, but it only spins in one direction. Yeah, okay. So theoretically, if you are now driving and you want to turn right or left, the spinning stabilizing gyroscope is going to give you a different turning performance yes. left and right. You could also solve it with a different concept of the sort of training wheels. Yeah. Um, so the outriggers to, yeah, yeah, exactly. to, to do that. Although at some point you fundamentally are becoming four wheels quite quickly thereafter. Ye- yes. Um, so it, it has four points of contact, but yeah. it wouldn't necessarily be a four wheel car. <laughs> yeah. In terms of two yeah. wheels for power, two wheels for braking. Here we're talking one for power, one for braking, or the same thing to do both. And the other ones are just stabilizing things. Yes. So what benefits does that give you? Well, lower contact friction. So your efficiency might well be actually better. No, but you know, you think about the layout of the car, you've got an engine, you've got a gearbox. Yeah. That stuff normally sits in the center of the car. Yeah. If we turn in the car into a two-wheeled thing, well, both of us are looking at each other and you both thought of the same thing. You put the front wheel on the right, the back wheel on the left. I wasn't, I was thinking you have center line, but you have your engine on the left. You have your fuel tank on the right. Oh, the, oh, so to balance. Uh, the, yeah, the problem is then as your yeah, fuel yeah, goes yeah, down, okay, the yeah. balance comes out. Yes. Or you you ha- you sit on the right. So you offset the... Yeah, the so you, you, you're an offset driving, and which effectively is what in happens. In which case, the, the kids in the back, you just have to shift them around. So you yeah, do not, do not move. You bolt them down because otherwise... The most, most parents would either love or hate this idea, yeah. <laughs> um, but the bottom line is, you, you know... What's the point? Exactly. Uh, if yeah. you lock up one wheel during braking, like you're going to need extra sort of ABS and safety systems for this. Yeah. Um, if your balancing system fails. That's right. And, and as a side load due to a nudge in traffic is going to result in, in like falling exactly. over completely. Um, swerving. Yeah. All of a sudden you've got to swerve for a, uh, an animal or, or a pedestrian or something. All of a sudden what stops you from rolling? Yeah. So now you've got that whole, you know, ship ship stability thing. So two wheels, not going to work. Exactly. In looking at what problem would this solve, it's not solving a problem. No, it's not. Uh, okay, so let's go for three. Okay, so for three. All right, so stability now would be, at least in, in general operations, it'd be straight line. Yeah. You're better. Turning, you've again got that issue of... Yeah, every, everyone's watched Mr. Bean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, all the all the top gears and stuff like yes. that. Yes. Yeah, you, you're wanting to top that. But in that a straight much. line? Yeah, you're fine. Nice. Slow down before you make the corner, and provided it's not on a hill and all those extra inclines and stuff, you could be okay. And you could have your deployable um, balancing system, it, you know, depending on as you turn around the corner, mm. you drop on one side to kind of correct you and, and help you out there. Uh, so why is it that they haven't gone for three wheel? And I think it's the issue that if you have a problem with that front single wheel, mm. you basically have total loss of control. Yes. And I suspect that's the main reason for it. Yeah. Um, I think as well, it's also a matter of perception of yeah. your target audience. You know, whether it's through Mr. Bean or whether it's other, other means, people have an idea that that is not good. 
Three wheels fall over, yeah. Yeah, three wheels fall over. Two wheel, well, that's a motorbike. That's unsafe. I mean, you also think about it. If you do have a problem with that middle wheel, access to jacking it up and changing it, I, I don't see it being a trivial exercise. No, no, no. Uh, like it currently is. Yeah, it, it's not available off to the side. Yeah. And no, I don't think you can have it where you're basically driving. I mean, you have to put your engine at the back, but you on three wheels, but it's asymmetrical front wheel. Yeah. Because, I mean, turning one direction is definitely... It, I mean, I yeah, know, yeah. It, it's going to be that particular route. And again, <laughs> my mind is the moment you're dropping another system to balance you out, you've got four wheels. You might as well just live with that because if that system doesn't drop down, that your balancing system, yeah, you're screwed. So why not just keep it permanently deployed? Mm. And I think the thing is what it comes down to is that when you're doing your efficiency and you're trying to match up, oh, I'm lighter, I've mm. got less contact friction actually add all those factors up as opposed to the negatives of this vehicle yeah. it probably doesn't weigh out true and also think you know with a the sort of uh, a four-wheel system is far more tolerant of uh, overload yes um and and being able to to handle it in a kind of safe safer way so coming back to criterion um, it would be safer in an overload case yeah. while maneuvering, braking, bad weather, all of those those horrible things. Um, and the other thing is, you know, traction. If yeah. you've got a three-wheel system and it's front-wheel drive and you're on an icy road going uphill, mm. you've only got, and if it is front-wheel drive, you've got a limited contact patch. Yeah. Um, because you only need a limited contact patch. So if you go for a third wheel in the front, you're going to balance the center of mass and, and all of that stuff. There's a whole lot less suspension. There's a whole lot less steering. Exactly. So the vehicle is going to be a lot lighter. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, your, your tractor force and on the same time going downhill, yeah. your front braking, there's uh, obviously a penalty. So it'd be great for things like an inner city delivery van, which is what those three wheel yeah, things exactly. are delivered yeah. for, um, which is not, not racing, not really fast, no real mountainous. No. You have a lot of weight on your back, on your back wheels and stuff, which are keeping you secure. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of this, you might be the sort of type that is curious. Oh, I'd like to actually see what, what could be made out of this. That is not design, per se. That no. is a case study, a case study into what, what's the best it could be. Yeah. Or a research project, I think. That's true. Uh, um, re research, remember, is, is answering questions. Um, yes. However, you could, I'm not saying as a design project, yeah. design a specific three-wheel vehicle, but if there was a problem that ended up being solved by something that used wheels as opposed to flight or maritime stuff yes. or anything like that, and it could then be justified that in terms of a extremely low contact pressure, being able to manipulate around giant holes in the ground, etc., 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 that the three points of contact was the most stable thing to do as opposed to the four points of contact in yeah. terms of a lightweight chassis where you didn't have an extra load that you, you know, everyone's watched four by fours going over rocks. Yeah. If that one wheel goes up on a rock, basically that part of the chassis is highly loaded. Yes. The three, number one, it might be more maneuverable yeah. and you've got one less point of contact. And overall, if the design requires it, three is what the magic number is and you then make it work but you don't start out with i need a purpose i need to, i need to justify why a three-wheel vehicle is a good idea that's a really bad way to start that is a bad way to start a design yeah yeah i think that's in a good enough finish for the day yeah it's pretty yeah. good cool all right thanks very much we'll catch you guys in the next one cheers